chapter 15. We're going to be at the end of this chapter. Portions of Scripture, but tonight I just have one verse for you. You will stand for the reading of God's Word. Verse 57. Verse 57 simply says, But thanks be to God. Thanks be to God, which giveth us. Turn to your neighbor and say, That's you. The victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But thanks be to God. How many knows we need to be thankful? Thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. God, we come before you. We thank you that we do have the victory through you, Jesus. Lord, we ask that you would anoint ears to hear and hearts to receive what your word has to say to us tonight. Lord, we give you all the honor and all the praise in Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen. Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Victory. I want to preach to you tonight a thought that says... I want to know how it feels. I want to know. In the English language used a lot. Victory is very frequently used in our everyday language. But it should mean a little more to us as believers. But specifically this word in this portion of scripture is the Greek word nikos. And it's only used four times in your entire Bible. And three times in this chapter alone. We see that Paul states a couple of times about through Christ that we have victory over death in this chapter. But here he says we have victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That word, obviously, it's used as as victory. It can mean that. It can also mean conquest or triumph. And it's, it's very unique because of how little it's used. But I, I want you to understand as much as 
we as believers need victory and need to walk in victory, we are not naive to the fact that as we are the kingdom of light, there is a kingdom of darkness. We go back to the fact of if we're the kingdom of good, there's also a kingdom of evil. We also know where Jesus gives victory that the enemy wants to prevent us from walking in that victory. The enemy wants to keep us bound, wants to keep us distracted, wants to keep us confused, wants to keep us busy, wants to keep us divided. All those things. There is a kingdom that is contrary to the kingdom of God that seeks to keep the believers from living this life of victory. I don't know if anyone has sensed this. I know we had a great day in the Lord on Sunday, and I I really felt like that was a shift. But the first couple weeks as we began to get into the new year, excuse me, and get into the fast, uh, we we said it one Sunday uh, back in prayer before service with the worship team, is there was just a heaviness. And I felt like we were seeing a new wave of attacks. I felt, I, I, just in my prayer life, that we were, we were, that I could sense that the enemy is always up to no good. But if you will, the enemy had regrouped and said, okay, I can't get them this way. Let me get them this way. I, I can't attack them that way. They've grown. They've matured beyond that. And I felt like people that I, were, I was speaking with were, were saying, hey, I'm dealing with things I have not dealt with before. I, I, I'm dealing with a sickness I've never dealt with before or a predicament in my family that I've never dealt with before. Or there was all these things that seemed to be happening the first couple of weeks of the year. And as we began to start the fast and understand, pastor told us, said, hey, listen, as we go into the fast, don't, the, the enemy ain't going to lay down and just let you fast. Jesus spent 40 days in a wilderness fasting, and that's when the enemy came. And, and all he had was the word, right? All he had was the word. He didn't have some prophetic rhema word. All he had was the word. He was weakened in his body and tired and exhausted and hungry, but yet he stood on the word. So we know that the enemy will come and these times of prayer and fasting, these times of realignment and try to discourage and try to defeat and again, try to keep us from walking in the victory that God has for us. I'm just going to lay a a quick foundation and we're going to, we're going to get going and we're going to take off and and I hope we will be done quickly and the the Lord can do in the altars what he wants to do. But I, I, I sense there was a pressing, if you will, something Again, unlike I'd sensed or seen before, and I believe that we are beginning to see, and we started to see last year, darkness in a manner that we have never seen it before. Things that we, we, we saw the, the turmoils with wars and rumors of wars and all these things going on and the economy looking bleak here at home. I know in even our company, a, fi- a Fortune 500 company, they know it's going to get bad. They're, they're preparing. They're, they're saying, listen, we ain't spending no money. We ain't doing this. We ain't doing that. All these plans that we had are now off the table. They're, they're bracing for impact. And they know something's happening. 
But I, I will say this, that oftentimes I feel that we are blindsided by these attacks. I feel like as believers, oftentimes it's almost as if we walk in to a trap, if you will. It's, it's, it's sprung. It's just out of nowhere. Anybody ever felt that way? It's, it, you just have these conversations where you're just like, man, where did that come from? I did not see that happening. I did not see uh, brother so-and-so doing that or sister so-and-so doing I didn't see that coming out of my family. I didn't see that coming out. I didn't, I, I didn't uh, expect what I'm seeing. And we know that the enemy will move unexpectedly trying as an adversary would even in war to catch the its prey off guard, if you will. Again, I'm going slow on purpose. I want you to understand something here. We find in a certain portion of Scripture that I've preached on many different ways, many different times, and I preached almost entirely 2023 out of the book of Joshua. I felt like I just kept coming back to Joshua, and I guess 2024 is going to be similar. But we find in Joshua chapter 10 the story of Gibeon being surrounded by five Amorite kings. They're surrounded and they're taken off guard because of who they align themselves with. I, I say that every time I mention this story because we as believers need to understand and be realistic. We will be attacked because of who we have aligned ourselves with. Okay, they're, they're, you're going to be attacked at work. You're going to be attacked spiritually. You can even in this day and age, you can be attacked physically just because you say, I'm a believer. But Gibeon had made an alliance with the people of God. And the people of God's mandate were to take the land. That was their promise. That was the word that God had given to them. But we find in Joshua chapter 10 that Gibeon is not expecting to be surrounded. They expected maybe some adversaries, but they did not expect five kings to come together and say, let's, let, you know, let, let's encamp around about them. Let's try to choke them off. Let's try to kill them slow. Let's try to attack and, and make sure that we just constrict and just squeeze the life out of them. But some way, somehow, Gibeon sends men, they get to Joshua, and here's what the Lord begins to tell Joshua in this unexpected attack. Turn to your neighbor and say, unexpected. It was unexpected. And what the Lord begins to tell Joshua, he begins to assemble the men of war. And what begins to happen is that these five kings, and I'm, I'm getting ahead of, ahead of myself, but what begins to happen is the Lord begins to speak to Joshua. And he said, don't be afraid. They will not be able to stand against you. But understand, these were men that were not just fighting, if you will, to just to fight. They were fighting to hold on to their property, what they saw as their property. It was promised to God's people, but they thought it was theirs. Understand, we live in a day and age where the enemy is holding on to land, and I'm saying that in the terms of souls, cities, laying hold and laying seats to them that are promised to the people of God. Can I get an amen? Okay, I, I know I'm going slow, and, and you all ain't used to this. You used to me just pew, 20 minutes in and out. That's probably not going to happen. So we see that 
These five kings are fighting for survival and understand the enemy knows that something is happening in the remnant church in this nation and in the church across the globe. I believe that wholeheartedly, that the enemy knows that something's happening, that Jesus is drawing near, so he's, tur- he's turning up as much strife and as much conflict as possible because he's trying to lay claim to what he believes is truly his. Understand in this story in Joshua chapter 10, and we're, we're going to read some verses here in a moment there. But in Joshua chapter 10, these were five kings. Turn to your neighbor and say, kings. That means men of authority. The Bible tells us this in Paul's writings in Ephesians chapter 6. He says this in verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? We've heard that. But against principalities and against powers and against rulers of darkness of this world. These men were rulers of darkness. They were coming against the people of God. But understand this. I want just to encourage you tonight, and we're going we're gonna to preach, and we're going to get done. But I want this to encourage you tonight. Understand when the enemy attacks the people of God, what he has actually done is he has attacked the promises of God. When the enemy attacks, say me, say me, everybody say me. When the enemy attacks me, he's coming against the word of God that has already been proclaimed through scripture over your life. He's coming against every promise, every prophetic word, every utterance, every dream, every God-given thing that God has given you. When the enemy attacks you, we as believers need to begin to realize he ain't just attacking me, but he is attacking the promises, the prophetic utterances of God. Thus, he is coming against the Word of God. So hear me tonight. Here's what the Bible tells us about the Word of God, that the grass will wither and the flowers will fade, but understand the Word of God shall stand forever. Paul told us, the, told the Philippian church, he said, be confident, turn to your neighbor and say, be confident of this very thing that which hath begun, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. The, 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 the wise man Solomon said it this way, there is no wisdom nor understanding nor counsel against God. The enemy came after the people of God, thus coming after the promise of God, in turn coming after the word of God. Understand, it's one thing for you to stand up and fight for yourself, but what you need to realize is there is a God that that stands with you and says that the enemy has not only insulted you, but he has insulted me. The enemy has not only trespassed on you, the enemy has trespassed on me. Understand, we are bought with a price. He came because he loved us. He died because he loved us. He rose because he loved us. Hear me tonight, any attack on you, Understand God stands with you and says, it is an attack on me. It's an attack on me. But we find that in the middle of this battle, 
What begins to happen, and this is what I believe is going to happen, Brother Chris, as we go throughout this year. The children of Israel, they come down into Gibeon. They begin to push back. We've got to begin to push back. I understand. I want to encourage us. I feel like the church has been pushing back. To some extent, the church has been pushing back. What we saw at the beginning of last year in the college campuses and what happened even in this house and houses of worship across this nation, I believe something truly did begin to shift and something truly did begin to change. But what, what, what I'm believing for in 2024 is the church of Jesus Christ begins to stand up and say, I'm not just defending myself. I'm not just defending my children. I'm defending the word and the promises of God. And what began to happen is Joshua came down they begin to push against the enemy. They begin to drive them out. And all of a sudden, Sister Mary, the enemy is on the run. They're retreating. But then these five kings, these five rulers of darkness, fall into a trap called a cave. Understand, I believe what's going to, we're going to see happen is what the enemy meant for evil. God's saying the trap they tried to spring on you is the same trap I'm going to spring on them. They ran into it dead end. They thought there was no way out. That's what Gibeon thought. But here came the people of God. They pushed back and now the enemy was cornered. Now the enemy was surrounded. Now the enemy was trapped. Now the enemy didn't know what to do. Now the enemy had no hope. Now the enemy had no plan. Now the enemy had no future. Hear me tonight. What God is doing in this hour through his church is he is cornering the adversary in your homes, in this nation, in this city. And he's saying, listen, you've run rampant for too long. You have lived in my promises. You have had your way with my people. You have had your way with my word. But I'm using a remnant church to go in and say enough is enough. I'm going to deal with it. I'm not going to ignore it. I'm going to deal with it. I'm not just going to push it off or brush it off. We're going to deal with it. So they find themselves, I didn't even got to my main point yet, but they find themselves, these five kings, five rulers of darkness, find themselves surrounded. Joshua says, okay, put a stone over the door. He said, because we ain't done with everybody else yet. They go on fighting, knowing that those kings are trapped. This is when Joshua turns and prays. He says, God, extend the day. Everyone marveled because God stopped the sun. God stopped the moon. And he gave them daylight to conquer their adversary. But as the battle began to wind down, this is where I want to read tonight. Real quick, two verses in Joshua chapter 10. As the battle began to wind down, he came back to the cave. He said, open, open, roll away the stone, open the door, if you will. Bring him out. And it says this in verse 24, and it came to pass. I'll read it up here because I want to get up here. Garrett, you might have to move this for me because 
we're, we're going to move on here for a second. It came to pass when they brought out those kings unto Joshua, that Joshua called for all the men of Israel. Say everybody. Not just everybody, everybody. And said unto the captains of the men of war, which went with him, come near, put your feet upon the necks of those kings. And they came near, and they put their feet upon the necks of them. Verse 25, And Joshua said unto them, Fear not, nor be dismayed. Be strong and of good courage, for thus shall the Lord do to all your enemies against whom ye fight. If you could leave those verses up there for me. So, catch this. He brings the enemy out. I know it may not be anything profound or life-changing here. He brings the enemy out. He gathers the people of God around him. And he picks the captains out of the army. And he says, come here. Come here. Because understand, they've been fighting all day. They've come into the promised land. They had Jericho. God did a miraculous thing. But understand, they still had to fight. They went out against Ai. They got defeated because someone defiled themselves and defiled the people of God at Jericho. So they lost that battle. Then they had to reevaluate, get everything right, get themselves purified, go back out to battle. They have done nothing but fight and fight and fight and fight. And I almost sense as Joshua, the leader, the man of God that has taken over for Moses in this moment, maybe senses the exhaustion. Maybe, maybe as, as I said earlier, as, as I felt that heaviness, maybe he understands my men are just beat. We have fought battle after battle after battle. He says, come here. Elijah, Jaden, help me. Come here. Brother Hunter, help me. Gage, can you help me? Brother Chris, can you help me? Come up here. Come up here. I know I'm taking long. Please, please bear with me. He brings out five kings. Five enemies. And what he tells the people of God. He says, hey, you, pick a box. 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 Just leave it, leave it on the ground. Leave it on the ground. Sorry. Pick a box. Now I'm going to get in your way for a moment. And then I'm going to get out of your way. He said, put your feet upon the necks of your enemies. You know what the Lord began to speak to me, Brother Brad? She said, you know these things like insecurity, sickness, fear, anxiety, depression, and shame. They've been in your land long enough. I know you're tired. You're sick of dealing with it. He said, come here. He said, put your foot upon the neck of your enemy. And then he says, 
in verse 25, he says, understand, this shall the Lord do to all of your enemies against whom you fight. What he began to do with his men is he began to say, men, put your feet on that thing. Put your feet on that thing. What he began to say is, men, do you want to know what victory feels like? This is how it feels. This is how victory feels like. When you confront the issue head on, and you find that God is working for you, and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Understand what he was saying to his men is come here. Let me show you what victory feels like. Let me show you what it's like when God delivers your adversary into your hands. Let me show you what freedom feels like. Let me show you uh, what deliverance feels like. Uh, Let me show you uh, what it feels like uh, to live in victory. Uh, He said, put your feet uh, on their neck. Uh, Every principality, uh, every power, uh, every ruler of darkness uh, is subject uh, to the power of God uh, that is working uh, inside the believer. Uh, Jesus said it uh, through Paul this way uh, to the Roman church. He said, listen, in Romans chapter 8 and verse 11, I'm going to paraphrase for the sake of time. He says, do you not know that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwell inside of you? What does that matter? Paul was saying, do you want to know what it feels like? That spirit that woke up a dead body, that rolled away a tomb, that walked out in victory, that that by his stripes. You're healed by his scars. You're healed by his sacrifice. You're free. Why does he, Why do we need to know that that same spirit operates in us? Paul was saying you've got to know what it feels like. It'll quicken your mortal body. It'll do the impossible. It will do things that are unspeakable. I'm here to tell you something tonight. Hear this man of God. He said, I will give you power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Why? Because he said you're going to know what it feels like to cast out devils. You're going to know what it feels like to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You're going to know what it feels like for them, for God to do great and mighty things through your life. Understand we as people of God need to know what it feels like to get rid of fear. What it feels like to get rid of sickness, what it feels like to deal with your insecurity, what it feels like to understand Jesus has gotten rid of all your shame, what it feels like to be free in your mind because there's no more depression. Let me ask you this. Do you want to know how it feels? to get rid of the things that you fought with for so long. They battled all day. All day. The longest day ever, to be exact. They had battled all day. 
Joshua said, this is what it feels like. This is what it feels like to know that your enemies are subject to the God that you serve. They'll come to the music tonight. I know these are just a few. But this is what it feels like. This is what it feels like. This is what the prophecy of Jesus said. This is what the prophecy of Jesus said in Genesis. Out of Eve come a man that would crush the serpent. No, this ain't profound. Some of you may not think this is any good. That's okay. You see, in the garden, the enemy inflicted damage on God's creation. But God in turn said, devil, you're going to know what it feels like to be defeated. What God was saying is, I have not lost. I've just made a way. We used to sing this song. It's real popular in the 90s. I said, I went to the enemy's camp. I took back what he stole from me. I remember being a little kid and my mom singing that song. Her and the worship team. And they would say, he's under my feet. He's under my feet. But you know what they do, Justin? They say, he's under my feet. He's under my feet. They'd go with the beat of the song. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. Satan is under my feet. I said it Sunday and I'll say it again tonight. We deal with things that we do not have to tolerate. We can live in victory. I'm not going to say, hey, listen, that doesn't mean that life don't throw you curves. It will. We live in a fallen world. Not everything goes our way. But true victory is when you have it, when everything's not going your way. It's when you have peace when you shouldn't have, right? When you have joy when you shouldn't have. But this is how it feels. This is how it feels. Do you do me a favor? Just smash that box. Let me see that. It's stuck to your foot, bro. This is how it feels to have your enemy under your feet. It's how it feels to get rid of it. Chris, help me out with sickness. This is what faith does. 
when it begins to operate in sickness. You listen, hey, let me just stop here for a moment on insecurity. I didn't mean to wrap it. Listen, I, ladies, I wrap these. Don't grade my wrapping. It's with paper. It's not with wrapping paper. It's with paper and duct tape. This one I actually wrapped with wrapping paper. But let me talk about insecurity. It is a ministry killer. Because you, you're waiting to feel secure in your calling. Guess what? You won't. Because the only way you're secure in your calling is when you're secure in the one who called you. And you're waiting for this feeling of, I'm enough, I'm enough, I'm enough. Guess what? We're not enough. That's why Jesus came. So trust in him and step out in your insecurities and say, you know what? I'm going to operate in faith. This is what needs to happen to insecurity. Do it, man. This is what it feels like. Joshua said, this is what it feels like to know that your enemies are subject to the power of God. Help me out with shame. Oh, you can do better than that. Give me, give me one, just power slam that thing. Kick that thing. That's all right. Okay, let's talk about this one. Can I borrow it for a second? I'm sick of this. I cannot tell you how sick I am of this. Coming out of a believer's mouth, you are not depressed. My mother would put soap in my mouth if I just told my brother to shut up. We were brothers. But she said, listen, there is life and death and the power of your tongue. Saint of God, you are not depressed. What is happening is the enemy is keeping you off your purpose. Because when you're in the purpose, in the plan, in the will of God, you don't have time to be depressed because there's just joy. Because you're fulfilling the call. I'm sick of this. But this is what it feels like. Help me, Hunter. Show them how Ohio boys do it. You're not sick, you're not afflicted, you're not tormented. You don't have to live that way. Because who the Son has set free is free indeed. If God is before you, who, tell me, who can be against you? If God is before you, what can be against you? This is how it feels. The feeling of weightless. You know what I believe those men felt in that moment? Listen, I'm not, this is my opinion. It's my disclaimer. It's my opinion. Terry, I think they, they felt in their hearts, it's worth it. All this fighting we're doing, all this battling, all this back and forth, Brother Brad, I believe when they put their foot on the necks of those kings, 
it's worth it. Jericho, Ai, all these other kings, it's worth it. Stand with me tonight. Brother Gary, if you want to, I don't want nobody to trip and fall. I've worked, I've overworked Garrett tonight. Man, you can be seated. Thank you. Give them a hand tonight. Give Garrett a hand. Maddie a hand. But I believe I, t- I told the, the media team to put up 1 John 5. 1 John 5 and 4. It says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So we see that word victory again. our main text 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 57 that word victory is Nikos again I said it's only used four times used once in Matthew it's used three times in 1 Corinthians 15 but in 1 John 5 and 4 it is the root word of Nikos that is used the only place that it's used and it's Nike not Nikos and it's spelled the way you would spell Nike because in Greek culture they had a goddess of victory but it's used in that text it's root word goes back to that one scripture Brandy the Lord just began to speak to me and deal with me the root word that that foundational word is Nike the Lord just began to speak to me he just began to say Kelly just said your foundation needs to become this verse Anything that is born of God. If you're a believer in this house, raise your hand. Anything that is born of God overcometh the world. hope this has encouraged you. I've taken way too long. I don't leave you with this. I don't want you to struggle in 2024 to worship, to pray, to read God's Word, to praise, to have faith. And let me say this. I don't want you to struggle because of something else going on because that's what happens right let's be honest 
I had this situation going on and I can't worship and I can't praise and I can't. I don't want that to happen in 2024 for my life, for my children, for my wife, for my marriage. The enemy will hinder. But remind yourself, anything that is born of God overcometh the world. So 2024, I don't want you to be a depressed and afflicted people. You're going to go through things, yes, but can you go through them with joy? The Lord challenged me with this. Jake, can you stop making excuses? Because I don't know about you. I want to know what it feels like not say I sense a move of God is coming but to say we're in it it's happening to call up lost loved ones and say I'm telling you God's doing it so I'm done I'm calling you to these altars tonight because I want you to know how it feels have the enemy truly under your feet. Listen, I believe, you know, we're praying for Brother Brian Gallimore. I believe God can do the miraculous. I believe sickness has to bow in the name of Jesus. And listen, you know what I want almost more than anything? Not just to see those bodies healed, but I want my children to see it. So they don't have to say, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard. I've heard. God, I want to know how it feels. I want to know what it looks like. I want to know what it means to taste and see. So come to these altars tonight. I just want you to say, God, I want to know how it feels to be free and free indeed. These altars are open tonight. Come. Come. Hey, everyone. Thanks for watching. I hope you enjoyed this message, and I hope it blessed you. And please check our description below. You'll find all of our social medias linked below. And as always, please subscribe so we can reach more people. As always, thanks for watching, and I hope to see you soon.